it's going to be hijacked. The seeing, instead of this way, will just go into the head and be enslaved to the mental experience of the mind interpreting your day. All the events that occur, to quote-unquote you, will be represented by your head all day, and it'll be seen in different ways, all based on some premises that are so insane, like something that happened could have not happened. <laughs> you know, I could actually go in the past through thought and think, I could have done, not done that, and then everything would have been different. And the feeling of everything would have been different, that it would have been better. What does that produce but a mental suffering? Isn't it? So the past is a past, the past is done, but the head doesn't let it go. It's like these little embers, and it goes back there and hits them to start a fire. What if? You know, what if I wasn't in this room and this house wouldn't have burned down and everything would be great? What if I had that couch? I would have conceived my first child on that couch. What if I would have not got hit by a car? Everything would have been totally different, meaning that it would have been great. Maybe it would have been different. Maybe I'd be a drunk in Sixth Street Mission. Who knows? But the mind doesn't usually view it that way. Why? Because it makes what a possibly could have happened, which could never have happened, a possibility, and then it suffers. The mind suffers, and you suffer quite a lot in mental experiences. Usually not by what's happening, because if you've been in a terrible event, you were not suffering while it was happening. You were wide awake, usually. Like when I, something really happens in the water, and you're in a dangerous situation, you're not suffering at all. You're just totally conscious of what's happening. It's after the fact, when the story is made, yeah? And then you think, well, if I wouldn't have gone in today, that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have this blown out me. That's the suffering. Yeah? The suffering really is that, because you entertain it could be different. The mind makes up suffering by having these options it doesn't actually have, that things could have been different. It goes into, the work, into that mental realm of, if only I should have... What if? And it just goes off. And what occurs is it starts getting agitated and disrupted and diseased. Yeah? And so what occurs? That agitation and disruption and disease seeks relief. But where does it seek relief from? From the problem. So the selfing now is going to find a solution to that agitation. It's going to bring the mind some a solution to the agitation instead of just telling the truth about it is that it's not happening. That the reason why something happened in the past is because it did. The reason why something didn't happen in the past is because it didn't. End of story. The beautiful thing in recovery is the word abstinence. It's the same thing with mind. You have to abstain from these false... No, you don't have to. But just see... How most of the mental suffering is based on options that you think you have that you probably don't have. That things could have been different. If I would have only not said that, but you did say that. Yeah? If I only would have had, if I was only a woman, I'd have two kids by now. But I'm not a woman. These things aren't options. Yeah? But the head entertains them as if they're so. So there's a sense of having free will. Yeah? But not so much now. Everyone thinks they're buffeted by the... Uh, the situations. But in past and future, you believe you have free will. You believe, I should have done something different in the past. If I wouldn't have gone in that bar, I wouldn't have got hit by the car. <laughs> but now, you're thinking you're at the effect of everyone else. Oh, I, how's my day going to go? If, uh, but in the past, total free will. I shouldn't have done that. I, you know, I knew better. No, you didn't know better. Obviously, at that moment. If you knew better, it wouldn't have happened. That would have been one of the ingredients of it not happening, is that you would have known better. One of the ingredients of its happening was that you didn't know better. It was they had For that to occur, there had to be an ingredient on your end that you didn't know better. You get the whack. The whack happened. It didn't happen to you. You were part and parcel of that event. Yeah? So your ignorance, if it seemed to be an ingredient of that event, was demanded of the event. Well, but I shouldn't have been ignorant. This is total mental suffering. I can think about this 8,000 ways. Does it change it? No. All i got to do 
just make a call and say, oh yeah, I'll go with that to the operation. That will change it. But no, I don't want to have an operation. What does the head do? Mine accepts that fact and doesn't think about it. But I see other people, they can't accept that fact, and they think, oh, what? my life, will, I'd be a, a basketball player. No, I'd probably still be a down-and-out junkie if I didn't get hit by the car. <laughs> Who knows? But it makes you, see, it has you, in the mental realm, you think you really want what you don't have. You think that's a real case. It's a mental suffering. Because usually, haven't you found out that when you have what you want, you don't really want it that much? But when you don't have it, it seems like you really want it a lot? Yeah? <laughs> Haven't you noticed it in you? You're wanting, you're suffering, a mental suffering, because nothing's actually happening to you right at that moment. Obviously, nothing's, no one's sticking needles underneath your fingernails. But you're suffering greatly the missing of something that you really want. Now let's say, I had a perfect example of it with a guy in Australia. I was there many times in where he lived, and I saw his relationship displayed with his girlfriend. And it was basically, at best, benign neglect, you know? He didn't really put much attention on it. And then the woman got the point and left. As soon as she left, he called me up and said, the source of all my happiness has left my life. I said, but how were you responding when the source of all your happiness was in your life? As if it wasn't the source of all your happiness. But now the mind, now it sees this opportunity. Oh, it's gone now. Oh, I really, 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 really want that. You believe it, that false evidence, it's false evidence, because if you wanted it, you would have entertained it while you had it. It's a story. But when you buy that, what does it do? It's excruciating. The mind suffers a rich, juicy suffering. How to, can you imagine having a mental experience of not being able to have what is the source of all your happiness? I mean, the mind can riff on that pretty damn good, man. You can be really, really suffering and then bring, bring free will in there. What did I do to lose it? You didn't want it. <laughs> what? That's the last place you go to. What did you lose to lose it? She came to her senses and left. What did I do? Do, 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 do. And then free will becomes dominant. Oh, yes, I had all these options. You have no fucking, no option whatsoever. What came to pass, came to pass. It's over. This idea, the mind sets up these possibilities or assumptions or talents it thinks it has. And it gets into a lot of mental anxiety and suffering from it. Question those possibilities. They're not possible. You cannot go back and change what happened. No matter how much you massage it, think and think and think. Because how else can you go back there? You can feel it. What brings you back the feelings of that is thought goes back. And then it brings back the feelings. That it has accompanied that memory. Yeah? Oh, I'm really feeling two years ago. No, you're freaking not. You're feeling a mental experience now. You're not feeling two years ago. There are no, there is no two years ago. It's in the realm of mind. There is no past. Literally. Where is it? Bring it here. Where the freak is it? There is no future. There is no airport you can land in the future. There's no five-star hotel you can make a reservation. There's no white sandy beach. There's nothing. It's a mental realm. Past is a mental realm being entertained now. It cannot be entertained in the past nor in the future. All the thinking about the future is happening now. All the thinking about a past, all of it, and all the feelings about a past are happening now. You become enslaved to this realm because you're identified with its primary center, being a self. You become a citizen of a mental realm. Time becomes more important than now. Yes? 
thoughts are much more important than anything else. You rely on them totally. They represent the day to you. They interpret the day for you. So you can be safe and secure in your little bubble of unconsciousness. Oh, don't worry. I'll tell you what's happening. Don't use that power. That's way too much. Chill that down. All right. This is how it's going to go today. i got a whole schedule for you. And so, let's say you think shopping signifies having a good time. You may not be having a good time at all, but in the rental realm, it just checks that list. I had a good time today. Did you? Oh, well, this means I'm really doing great. So if that happened, hey, I'm doing great today. Are you? So this head presents a day, presents your list, and it says, what's good and what's bad? And whatever th- activities that you seem to be entertaining, which you're not, it's just an interpretation, yeah, it marks, and then it gives you a passing grade or a failing grade. And if it's a failing grade, it goes back and tries to represent it thousands of ways to see what you did or they did or whatever, all, 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 all emphasizing what? A mental realm. A special somewhere in the midst of everywhere. Kids are acknowledging the everywhere before they grow into this special somewhere. We have seemingly grown into a special somewhere and we can't acknowledge everywhere because we are in a gated community of a special somewhere. We have to keep reinforcing it and re-emphasizing it all day because everywhere seems to leak in to that special somewhere. Almost like an intruder. It's constantly, constantly breaking through this little story. So the head is busily, busily representing and reinterpreting. And why? That's why. How, how many things do you need to apply thought to today? And yet, how much thoughts are occurring? I mean, how many things I had to go, all right, I've got to put this wire in that hole and turn the switch on. That would be applying thought. What's most of the thoughts are about? Some teachers say they're psychological. Let's just say they're about you. Yeah? They're about a life pertaining to you. They're about a life seen from you. They're about you all day, indirectly or directly. And that you is what you're not. What they're about is they're thinking about a thought. They're not thinking about you, and you're not the thinker of them. If you were the thinker of them, then stop thinking them. If you're the one who turned on the spigot, you could turn it off, I'd imagine. If you're the thinker, stop thinking If someone says, hey, I'm just bringing it up to you. You know, you've been doing something at the house. You stop, you don't, you're not washing the dishes. Then you'd start washing the dishes, maybe. You have the ability, right? Someone points out to you, hey. Or you've been doing something, they, hey, maybe you should stop that. Okay, then you stop it. Why can't you stop your thoughts if you ever think of it? You're taking possession and ownership of everything else. You think you're the big doer in your life then what's the biggest doing going on all day? Thinking, I'd say. More than anything else. I think maybe even more than breathing. I think you have more thoughts than breaths during the day. Yeah? The breaths seem to be involuntary. Are you breathing? Are you digesting the food? Why is it then that you think you're the thinker? Why? Because you think. And you don't think. You see? There's a thought that you're the thinker. You don't see it as a thought. The thought takes a possession of being you, and now that thought thinks it has all the other thoughts. So now the one thought becomes the thinker of all other thoughts. But how could a thought stop thought? Just like it says, how can self get out of self? How can thought stop thought? How can a thought stop thinking? All right, well, I can't stop it, so now I'm going to have positive thoughts instead of negative thoughts. Have you seen that work out well for you? <laughs> have you really? I'm just going to fill my head up all day with positive thoughts. Have, have you? But there's an assumption that somehow you're the proprietor, or you're the doer, or you're the haver, or somehow you have an ownership of those thoughts. Why are they so unruly? They're unruly. They're mine. Why don't they take, why don't they take the lesson from me? And more reflect what I'm really like. Why are they so stubbornly independent? Why are they so crazy when I'm not? I'm a very sincere, loving person. Why do I want to kill somebody with my thoughts all day? Well, 
reaction to the thought is a thought. You saying, why am I having all these bad thoughts? That's a thought. You cannot escape the thought system as a thought. It's impossible. What it does is, it tries to present that it's never actually been in the thought system by claiming it. I'm the thinker of it. So if I'm the thinker of it, I cannot possibly be a thought. I must be the thinker of it. That makes me different than this, this process. You see? That's the way it tries to get out of it. But it doesn't get out of it, does it? Because it has no control over that. As being a proprietor, it's not a really good proprietor. No one does what it wants it to do. Yeah? It doesn't hurt it well. It doesn't direct it well. It's just basically like trying to hurt a bunch of cats, like they say. Obviously, you're a cat. You're a cat trying to hurt the other cats. It's impossible. Self can't get out of self. Why is that? Why? Because self is an idea of a mental process produced by a verb, verbing. The mental process is verbing, and it's feeling and seeing and thinking, perceiving and thinking as if it's a self. So that assumption becomes what we're identified as, yes? So I start believing I'm that. So here's this assumption going on and on and on and on. And it says self can't get out of self. Why is that? Because self is a product of a mental process. How could a mental process leave, a product of the mental process, leave the mental process? So here's... This is the mental process, let's say. What you're calling you is believed to be outside of the mental process. You believe you're thinking the thoughts, or having the thoughts, or they're about you, yes? This is not true. This is part of the mental process. So you, as a thought, cannot leave the mental process. Because there's no existence of it when it leaves. There's no possibility of leaving what produced it. Because when it leaves what produced it, it's unproduced. So here we are, here's this, and we're believed aware of this. We're actually the awareness of this. Yeah? Mind is tracked by being identified as this mental process. Yeah? So mind isn't acknowledging all there is is this. It's acknowledging only that. Yeah? So its ability to entertain its two face, space and awareness, it's busily been turned, it's not actually turned, it's just a picture. It's now entertaining this as being itself. And it gives meaning to things and is given this idea the biggest meaning of all, that is me. Now the mind, which has an ability to entertain, like in recovery they say, when you're free from this little dilemma of obsession with self, you'll know peace and comprehend the word serenity. That's looking this way, or from this. Peace and serenity are easily known and comprehended because you are that, yeah? But when this mind is reflecting selfing and caught in that reflection as being itself, sort of like narcissist, right? It looks in the pond and gets absorbed in that thinking that reflection is him, yes? So the mind is like looking over at this mental process, not conditioned mind, but seeing the mental process, and the selfing is happening, and the selfing makes up a sense of a noun, and it falls into that trap. So the mind becomes identified with this thought, this idea, yeah? the oldest idea, and it loses its ability to entertain freely now. It can only entertain as that, as a sense of being this, which severely limits what it can entertain. Yeah? So now this ability to entertain, which is, it can entertain its nature as awareness, it's now entertaining its nature as this, now the only way it can entertain awareness is as something, something that I could achieve as this. And then, so now the access to awareness is based on what I as this can do or not do. So what I truly am now becomes something that this can achieve or not achieve. Yeah? So now, this thing that's entertaining is a possibility that I can truly be unconscious as this. And I can be conscious as this. 
which is saying that I am not all there is is consciousness. Yeah? That's a huge difference. When all there is is consciousness, that's the possibility. When you're identified as this process of selfing, you entertain consciousness as something that you can be conscious of or unconscious of. So you play God. That idea of you starts playing God with what you would call God. It now says, no, God isn't everywhere. God is everywhere, but I'm the one who has to find him. That must mean it's not everywhere. Or it means that you believe you're in a special somewhere that excludes everywhere. And until you come out of your gated community, you won't know everywhere. But you don't understand the gated community is mobile. Wherever you go as a self, you take your special somewhere with you, and that's why everywhere you end up, you don't sense everywhere because you think it's a special somewhere. So now, where you travel and everywhere, you never get the sense of everywhere. All you get is the sense of everywhere being absent because of your special somewhere. Yeah. Let me get to this square of everywhere. This is the, this is the center of every, everywhere. You get there, and it's, it's just seen, everywhere seems not to be there. All right, let me go to this. Let me practice this practice. All right, now I'm in the, the Kabbalah everywhere or something, or the Zen everywhere. But it still seems like a special somewhere. Maybe you have ex- what you call experiences of everywhere, but that's not everywhere. Everywhere is not an experience. You would have to be somewhere to have an experience of everywhere. Everywhere is much bigger than an experience. It's much bigger than a state. It's what's always so. That's why it's not being noticed. The mind can't notice what's always so. Obviously. Can you notice that you're feeling the effects of gravity right now? No way. No freaking way have I ever heard someone complain about the effects of gravity at any cafe I've ever been to. Oh, gravity's been really heavy on my shoulder today. Of course not. Because you're always under it as a body. So you don't know it. But if you went in an anti-gravity place, then you know gravity by its absence, yes? In a sense, this way, you know the presence by your absence. Or as St. Francis says, it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn. So the, mem- the mind is remembering, remembering, rethinking, refeeling its presence as this. That activity of verbing, of selfing, is the act of denial of the presence. So your presence as this, thinking about you and being the thinker and the feeler, and this is you, is the act of denial of the presence. It's You know it by your absence. Or like it says in self-forgetting, then you know it. Yeah. So when I recognize, when there's a recognition, I'm not this, that's that. There's nothing more that needs to be done. There's just a recognition that what was so seemingly present, obviously, what all the thoughts are about. Do you actually believe that they're about an absence? They are, actually. They're about you, which is an absence. But the activity just implies to you, to the head that's captured in that process, that I must be fucking present if I have 70,000 thoughts a day. If I'm having all these feelings, if it feels like it's so real that I'm this, this must mean I'm really this. What it actually means is you're, this is the absence. You are totally absent. What's reflecting in all that activity is your basic absence. Because the greatest activity you don't feel at all, which is everywhere at all times, do you? How are we not bumping into everywhere if we're in everywhere? If you're rubbing up against it all day, would you know you ever rubbed up against it? No, you wouldn't. You need an experience to know something here. The mental process, the self needs an experience for it to think it knows something. This is not an experience. This is a prior knowing to this system's knowing. You don't experience the truth. You are that truth. You don't experience the truth. For you to experience the truth, it would have to be something other than you, and that's not the truth. So, 
What do, you, what do you feel that is implied when he says self-forgetting? What does that imply to you? To me, it's a verb, right? It's not, it doesn't say self-forgotten. It self, says self-forgetting. It's an activity, yeah? There's an activity of self-forgetfulness. That's traveling later. That's the activity of it. Just like there's a verb of selfing, there's a verb of self-forgetting. That self-forgetting isn't producing a noun of us as a self. Yeah? The emphasis isn't on the mental realm. The emphasis is not on time, past or future. It's on now. Not even now as a bookending with an idea of time, but let's just say this. Yeah? It has a clear recognition of what's not happening. It doesn't have to take a class of how to recognize what's not happening. It's immediate recognition. It's not happening. Why? Because it's in recognition of what's happening. This is the immunity to what's not happening. Being anchored in what's happening, you have an immunity to what's not happening. As soon as it appears in the mental realm, you recognize it. Yeah? Because how? It's not happening in any other realm. I'm not feeling it, I'm not, I'm feeling thoughts about it, I'm not seeing it, I'm not tasting it, I'm not touching it, I'm not hearing it. All there is is thought about it. And then feelings getting conjured up. And the thoughts have the sound of your voice. And it's not your voice, it's just a voice out of this body. But because there's an identification as the body, you assume it's your voice. So that thoughts have more of a, like an attraction, because it's about you. If you had some of the thoughts in your head and they were, had Mother Teresa's voiceover, it would be fucking incredible. You would just have total immunity. You just see something like that. But because they sound like you, you're just entranced. Oh, yes. Thank you for this great take on the day. It's going to suck. So I think I've got the same weather report 8,000 times in my life. But let's okay, put on the raincoat. It's going to suck. Hunker down. Get the island dust for later, get the video, because I know the day's going to suck, so let me have some security, so I'll feel better when I'm alone in my own little house. This is selfing of the wazoo. Pure mental experience. Yeah. You're having tons of experiences. Unfortunately, most of them are mental. <laughs> You're constantly skiing the slopes of what never happened. You're constantly getting wiped out of what may happen. Yeah? You're constantly getting buffeted by these terrible storms in a future Friday. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're so beat up, and yet you've been living a high life in Marin County. It's mind-boggling. You look worse than someone on 6th and Market. <laughs> you have a nicer suit. <laughs> your shoes are better. you got some keen sandals. But your mind is having an experience... Problem may not be happening on Sixth and Market. They may be much freer today than you are. <coughs> yeah, their mental experience may be: Hey, I scored. I got a you know a tall, sixteen ounce tall. Hallelujah! I didn't forget that house that time. I should have bought that house. That mental experience is better than theirs. Give me the sixteen ounce. At least after you drank, you're done. You're that not having a house will go on forever. I should never have stayed with her, but you did. I should never. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You never even lived it if you relive it thousands of times in the head. This is a realm where there's a lot on offer. And the mind offers you one realm, which is the mental experience. Yeah? The offering is this idea of a self. When you get absorbed in that, you get addicted to that realm. And it overrides the other realms here. You don't sense the spiritual, you don't sense the energetic, you don't sense the physical much, all you sense is mental. Ba 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 ba, yeah? Obviously, you can see you're a devotee of that realm because time is more important to you. What happens later is more important than how you're feeling now, and what happened in the past is way more important than what's happening now. I'm not saying do anything with any of that. See, you're not the center of it. If you're not the center of that system, you'll lose interest in it. When you lose interest in it, where will your interest go? I guess into what's happening. Where else is it going to go? Literally. Where else is your interest and attention going to go? If it's removed from the mental realm 
of past and future, where else can it go? Into the only thing that, that's happening. So you'll get interested in life now instead of in your life there and then. And maybe just being here may be more than enough for you. And you'll tell because you'll probably chill out. A lot of these drives and seeking and the the exquisite suffering of not having what you want may be seen to be a, like a bogus little thing. And you'll be free. One of the biggest things happened to me is, is in a bathtub and I realized I didn't want what I wanted. It was an incredible moment. That whole thing of the carrot in front of the horse was just blown out of the water. And I realized all my attention was freed from that goal, whatever it was. I don't have what I want. But when I had it, I didn't want it. But I still don't have what I want. When that carrot was cut, where did my attention and interest go? Right where I was. It brought my life what was sorely lacking, the attention and interest in it. It was released from the mental realm and it landed back here. Yeah. And then what was an underlying unsatisfaction became okay. I wasn't unsatisfied anymore because most of my unsatisfaction was based on I didn't have what I wanted. And when I realized I didn't want it in the first place, there it went. The carrot wasn't so juicy. Yeah. What happens when the what causes the mute what happens when the donkey or the horse doesn't see the carrot? Is it a horse really? Is it the moving towards the carrot all day that defines the horse? What happens when that stops? The horse gets redefined. Maybe you're not what you think you are. Yeah? Maybe that horse goes through an incredible transformation. Once the carrot gets cut, what's the horse going to do? Maybe it's going to run around. Yeah? Maybe it'll ride. Whatever. Being enslaved. That yoke will be offered. Who knows? But just... Here in this mental realm, what's one of the hardest topics we talk about? Acceptance, yeah? Acceptance is impossible in the mental realm. <coughs> it's impossible in the mental realm. Because the whole basis of the mental realm is that you could have done something different. Or things could be different. It's the biggest assumption. It's what gives you relevance. You believe that things can be different, and they are. Acceptance is accepting everything as it is. But your primary... Assumption in the mental realm and selfing is that things could be different if I only would have done something else. Yeah? The primary assumption. So that primary assumption is in total conflict with the, uh, the level of acceptance, which is changing nothing. Everything is just fine as it is. Yeah? Why is it that it's a topic at thousands of recovery meetings? Because in the mental realm, it's an impossibility to live in acceptance. Because all your mental realming, all your experience would be neutered. You wouldn't have a mental experience if you didn't think you could change things. Every time your head would go back into the past, assuming it could change it by thinking about it, that whole journey would be cut off at the tracks. You'd be right here again. Yeah? You would have abstinence to all those false assumptions and possibilities your mind's entertaining. That I can think myself out of something that I'll get to the root of something if I think about it, that, oh, if I wouldn't have done that, this wouldn't have happened, and if she would have stayed, I would have been this, and all these assumptions, yes? All of this sense of being the doer and haver, if that was taken out of the equation, what would occur? An overriding freaking peace, which would be, I mean, a byproduct of that would be acceptance. You finally would accept things as they are, and then you would see yourself, or see from as you are. When you're, accept, when you're not accepting things as they are, you're seeing from a point of what you're not. Yeah? When you actually see everything as it is, you're seeing from what you are. Just that space. Yeah? Position of neutrality. No thought or effort on your part. No. Just a clearness to it. No new pair of glasses, no needing 
just no need corrective lenses, no trying to get an advantage, just taking off the glasses and seeing again. And you see in a level of acceptance. You don't give a damn if everything changes or not. You do not go into the mental realm through thought into the past. And if I wouldn't have gotten hit by the car, or there's a, it's all bye-bye, because there was never a, a hallway. It doesn't exist. It's a mental realm presented now by your head. And you can only travel there as a mental product. You cannot travel there. Your body can't go. No matter how much you think about the past, does your body land there? No, if you had a camera here, you'd be on the tape. Your body's been here, this whole meeting. So the only place that goes into the past and future is your mind, and it goes there now. There's no past and future. It's just a mental realm. Absorbed up here, <clears throat> this moment, this eternal moment becomes partitioned. Now, past and future. And the mind lives there. Yes? And it entertains the past, and it entertains the future, and it entertains now the past and the future, because that's the only time it can be entertained. And it dwells up here, and you're shriveling on the freaking vine, the body and everything else. It's like, you ever see those dogs when they have a bad problem, and they got some mange, so they put those cones on them. In the sack, we're all walking around with like these cones, just in this mental realm all day.
So past moves on the Monopoly board and future moves on the Monopoly board become dominant. And then you go over and worry about all your past moves. Oh, I wouldn't have been in Baltic Place if I wouldn't have done... And then you worry about, how am I going to get the boardwalk? Am I going to beat them? The boardwalk. And yet you're on one square on the board game. Yeah? You're here. You're waiting for your chance to roll. You haven't even rolled yet, but your head is... i got to get a six. <laughs> because the mind has taken this and made it into this. So we're in this little game of life. We're going where we go. We do what we do. But the head doesn't like that idea. It says, let's play it that you have huge options. You can even think that things were different. You can even deny that you're at Baltic Place. You can say you actually threw a five when you threw a two. Or, I'm going to win this game, and I'm going to crush everyone on the board. Wait till I get boardwalk. I'm going to write and rent these houses. <laughs> All this, yeah? All this, but the game is happening right now, Saturday. We're here in Burn City. Yeah. Here. Oh, I've been to these Saturdays before. What's <laughs> No, Saturday, Burn City. This is the game. You're a boot. Obviously, you're not. That's the good news. But really, be in the boot. Totally into the boot, and you'll realize you're not a boot. When you want not to be a boot, that's being a boot. Seriously. When you accept, being a boot totally, you're not the boot. But when you're fighting it, oh, I'd rather be a better boot. That's being a boot. So here, what's happening? I'm going to make some moves, and maybe I'll end up here today. Yeah? In the mind, it's made 70,000 moves. It's creating excruciating mental suffering. Yeah? Today, you may not have almost any physical suffering, but the mental suffering you may go through today is unbearable. Physical suffering, probably not much, unless you get hurt or something. But mostly the day would probably go pretty well. But mentally, you can be in hell. What causes us to go there and take a citizenship of it? We're identified with what it's offered us, as us. A mental idea of being a self. Identified with the boot, but leaving the boot totally and going into this realm, where it has a concept of being the boot, but it lives in a mental realm. saying, see that, if I'm not that, it gives you immunity to all of that mental realm. Yeah? You realize you don't get out of self by self. You realize you're not a self. That's getting out of it. Yeah? It doesn't take any time because nothing ever happened. In the pause, the pause is timeless. You have never been a self, so there's not going to take any time to get out of one. It's just a recognition. And then it's hopefully, if the recognition is entertained, it will translate sooner or later in the game board. You'll travel lighter over this Monopoly game called your life. You may not get to boardwalk every time, but you'll travel lighter through the, the game. Yeah, so whatever happens, I travel lighter through it than I used to. There you go. You've left the mental board game, and now you're more so in what's actually happening. And you'll see that it's a lot different than you thought up here. <laughs> Everything is a lot different than you think. As soon as you start applying thought to it, it changes it, yeah? So life, what we're calling life, has mostly been a mental experience since we've left four or five years old. Yeah, we haven't been experiencing life at all. We've been experiencing the mental realm of life, yeah? Life chock full of past and future, chock full of assumed options that we don't have full of either determinism or self-free will. They're both the same. It's all duality. So there's determinism and free will. But where do you exert most of your free will? In the mental realm. You think, oh, I'm going to do something different later. Or I should have done something different in the past. But in the moment, you stop. You don't exert your free will and do the next right thing. <laughs> the mind loves to trumpet. It has free will. But it usually just trumpets it in time. In the moment, it's like always, oh, I can't help myself. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't help myself doing what I did today. But then you think you could have helped yourself doing what you thought you did later, in the past or in the future. Yeah? Watch it. See it. It totally disdains free will now, but in time it defends it. Oh, yes. 
What allows you to go into what if, or what sh- I should have? Free will. You think it could have been different if you would have done something differently. Yeah. But you're not even controlling your breath or anything.
you know, what is an entertaining reincarnation? I'll tell you that. Maybe an entertaining another pair of shoes, but not really. <laughs> Maybe there is, but does it matter? Does it matter? Again, I would think that selfie, in a way, that's lovely because it thinks it has a lot of time. So it doesn't matter if I putz around all day now. I still have another life to go. What are ghosts? What's that all about? What's that all about? Anything can happen here. In the mind, anything can appear. Anything it can entertain. So it probably entertains ghosts. Is that your long lasting separate independent reality that's just out of the body for a moment? We can experience it. There's no that. It isn't theirs. Whatever appears here isn't yours. It's not your ghost or this or that. There's no your here. There's no yours. There's no possessiveness here. It's just verbing. Yeah. What the mind does with it to make it seem like it has something to do with you is the mental process. But really, this place has no you in it. It's just happening. It's consciousness happening. Yeah. Something is taking on an appearance and something is seeing that appearance. Yeah? Is that the case? It seems to be something seems to have taken on an appearance here. And something seems to be seeing the appearance. Now, if you follow this, the thread of duality, if something is seemingly appearing, then it must be coming from nothing. So, in, a, in duality, there must be presence and absence. I was just reading this book on chaos theory. So, chaos and orderliness, yeah? So, chaos and orderliness is duality. Yeah? So, there's like chaos and then there's like orderliness. Yeah? There's yin and yang. There's absence and presence. There's self and non-self. There's uh, form and formlessness. There's material and spiritual. All of these are in the mental realm. In this experience, this is the construct of the dream. It's dualistic. Yeah? So in a sense, the truth isn't that there's the, the, the presence is the absence. It's, a, it's the, actually the absence of both that is the real presence. Yeah. But that's getting out there. So we're trying to take it to one end of the duality so that both of them will negate each other. So right now we're overly thinking we're present, which is causing the absent to seem to be really absent. But the absence is the presence, really. It's the nothingness that's the something here, really. Yeah? The something is the appearance. The real meat of what's appearing is non-appearing. Just like they're finding in, in the, uni the universe's schematic, there's more antimatter than matter, so to speak. So there's more antimatter, the absence of matter as a force, than there is what's appearing. So in the same way, there's nothing and everything. There's absence and presence. What they're saying, what in some views, it's the absence of both of those. The absence of both the polarities of presence and absence is that, or thusness, or what cannot be spoken about, nor can be indicated. <laughs> That's that. But here, most of us are taking this to be so present, we want to entertain its absence, which will provide some, the mind will, by going like this, it's going this way. This is so present, it's absent, and then it goes into that position of neutrality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between the poles. Yeah. To me, that's serenity and peace. Not see if you emphasize the absence, that would be stating you're, you're still semblance of being present. Yeah. So it's not that. It's not you're absent, nor are you present. You're neither. But that gets a little too much. Right now, it's just good to see what is it that thinks it's so present, and because you're present as this, this world is as real. So the world is as real as you are. Yeah? So if this is real, then the world's real. Just like my Uncle Fred was the body because I thought I was the body. When I saw Uncle Fred wasn't the body, what happened is it rubbed against my belief I was the body. And it was like a, it was like a certain awakening. Because I realized, wow, the reason why I saw Uncle Fred as a body because I was seeing myself as a body. So I thought the body was what was awake. And therefore, Uncle Fred, as the body, was what was awake. When the awakeness left the body, it was obviously that wasn't Uncle Fred. It was a mistake of perception. Yeah. That's what's happening now. You're perceiving things as if they're real, but they're truly unreal. 
And what's unreal is really what's real. But you can't perceive it. You can't taste it, touch it, smell it, think it. So therefore you don't think it's real. Well, the mother of everything is nothing. So when you're absent, when there's the adverb of self-forgetting, you sense the presence. Yeah. The presence is actually your absence. Yeah. You see that? The presence is actually the act of you being absent is the presence. The act of you thinking you're present blinds you to that presence, so you think it's absent. And if you think it's absent and you have a desire to seek it, you'll become a seeker for that absence, but will continually stay absent to you as long as you're taking yourself to be present. That's why you can't find the truth. Because when you, when you seem to be real, that becomes the truth, and truth becomes not true. So how can you see the truth in what's not true? You have to realize, hey, this isn't true, then the truth's obvious. So the absence of this is the active presence. The mind, when it realizes I'm not this, becomes aware of the presence. When it's aware of this, that sense of presence is absent to it. And so what does it do? It starts looking for it. Why, what, what else would it do? When it believes something is absent, then, and, it, and it, let's say, has, oh, hey, something, there's something I'm missing, it starts doing what? Looking for it. But if it's looking for it from the point of view of being a self, that's what keeps you blind to it. That's why they say it's an open secret. Or it's a gateless gate. There's nowhere to go. There's, you can't, there's no center of everywhere. Every point of everywhere is the center. You are at the beginning and the end of any destiny and journey you are going to take. It's right now. It takes it totally out of time, which drops it out of the mental realm. A true solution has no time in it, because a solution with time is from the mental realm. Yes? And that's inherently a problem. A solution in time is from the mental realm, and that makes it inherently a problem. A true solution is timeless. That's why in recovery they talk about a pause. A pause is like a timeless moment. In that timeless moment, your whole life can change. And like what you would see as three seconds of time, an eternity of information can be downloaded. You can totally change everything. You can change like that. Why is that? Because it's not from time. It doesn't take a process for it to complete itself. It's a solution. It's like the acorn and the oak are the same. The acorn has the whole oak in it. Yeah? So the mind gets it. It takes absolutely no time to get it because it already had it. And now maybe it'll take time to sort of manifest here, but that's the fun of the place. Yeah? If something appears here, it has to take time. So let's say there's an awakening entertained, and so let's say you're not, it doesn't totally wash you out in a nanosecond, then it's going to seem to take time to deepen here. That's why the Course in Miracles says, you're dreaming yourself out of this dream, and the dream's going to get happier. That's what occurs. So the mind's going, okay, let's do, let's appear, let's have this awakening appear in time. How is it going to appear in time? Like it deepens, like you get it more. Like there's revelations along the way. Well, it seems like the lens opens up more. Did it? No, but that's how it will seem here because it's being translated in time. So it's appearing like, oh, this lady's getting it. She's much clearer than she once was. Whatever. Of course that's not happening, really, but in time it is, in the appearance. So the dream gets happier and you dream yourself out of this place. Something's dreaming itself out of this, and this action figure is less and less uh, pertinent, <laughs> and yet more and more free. By the less and less uh, pertinence it has, the more and more freedom it seems to be able to exhibit. <laughs> it knows when it's tired and it's okay to sleep. It knows when it does this and wants that, and like this, it's all freed up. Yet there's less importance to it. What the hell happened? 
has much more knowledge than it ever had when I was trying to think things through. That's <laughs> a step the mental process. Seriously. Once this was dropped, this thing has a lot of innate knowledge. It knows what it likes and doesn't like, and it doesn't have any... It shouldn't like this. <laughs> you know? It doesn't have any of that going on. If it's permissible and I can get away with it, I'll try it that day. If I can't, I won't. It's so simple. But it's not like, I'm confused about what I like. No, there's no confusion whatsoever. <laughs> and no confusion what I, what I don't like. You know? So when people say, Paul, come to this meeting. I want you to see this. I don't want to go there. It's obvious. Why? What do I want to do? Well, they, they're going to stop us.